Hello, everyone. Good afternoon to you. How are you? Wow, that's a, that's a really good response. Usually, everyone is pretty quiet and restful, which is good because this is the place for it. If you could be invited to any party you want, what would it be? The Emmys, maybe? The Oscars? A Christmas party? <laughs> I heard a groan of appreciation there. Anything else? Shout it out. That's fine. If you could be invited to any kind of party. What kind of party invites everyone? New Year's. Hey! We've got that. New Year's, man. Especially in Times Square. So many people there. Maybe too many people. But everyone's invited. Right? So we look at this parable. Uh, we look at this parable Jesus told about a wedding feast. So what does this say about us? What does this say about how Jesus views the kingdom? Because when we hear about who God is and who Jesus is, we hear the gospel in a lot of different ways. Oftentimes it's you sin, you need to repent, you can be forgiven. But Jesus tells these amazingly picturesque stories to show us who God is and what kind of people belong in God's kingdom. It's kind of amazing that in this story, we're going to see what kind of people are invited and what kind of people actually show up. So let's step back into the ancient world. The king is throwing a wedding party for his son. This is the biggest moment of a king's life. So you're in a kingdom, and, and I know this is very different than where we are right now. So a king... He's the one who provides you peace. He's the one who provides you security. He's the one who provides you prosperity. He protects you. And maybe we don't relate to this now, but when the king says something, as benevolent as the king is, it's not really just like a request. You know, at work, uh, for those of us who can work, uh, when our boss says, hey, could you such and such and such, it's not exactly a question of whether we want to. <laughs> it's what we're supposed to be doing. And how much more when a king asks us to do something. And when the king invites you to a wedding party, a wedding party for a son, first of all, who wouldn't want to go to a party? Probably the biggest party in your lifetime. It's probably the king's proudest moment of his life. His own son is getting married. He gets to pass the kingdom onto his son, whom he's raised. And he gets to invite everyone to be involved in it. So everyone who's close to the king, all the upstanding citizens, get invited to this party. And no one says... I don't want to go. They respond in different ways. They'll say, um, I'll let you know. I'll see if I have time. I think I'm, I think I'm busy that night. <laughs> Do we respond to Jesus in this way sometimes? Jesus is king, and Jesus invites us to spend time with him. And we can say, I'll let you know. 
Not today. I'll see you by that time. I'd like to. I'm just, I'm just busy. I got, I got a lot of stuff to do. I'll see if I can make it. Is that how we talk to a king? <laughs> so first of all, who wouldn't want to attend the king's party? Second of all, how could we refuse to come to the party? It's from the king. You don't refuse the king's orders. So here we go. The king first sends servants out to tell people, and then people really don't want to come. And then the king, he humbles himself, and the king doesn't need to do this. The king humbles himself, and he says, okay, well, well just so you know, I have uh, uh, my, my oxen are slaughtered, my fat calves are slaughtered. It's gonna be the best barbecue you've ever seen. I mean, backyard barbecues don't even compare to the kind of party you're showing. First of all, the king shouldn't have to do this. He's already inviting you to his party. Now he's marketing his own party, like he's some sort of nightclub promoter, sending out flyers, sending out an email marketing campaign. He shouldn't have to do that. Shouldn't have to do that. But we have a good God who does that. Okay, maybe you didn't understand. Let me illustrate this a little bit more for you. Do you know who's going to be there? Do you know what's going to be there? You can't even imagine how great it's going to be. There's, for a fact, no better party you can ever attend in your lifetime. And we can treat Jesus like a friend and forget to treat him as a king. We don't just treat Jesus like a friend sometimes. We treat him as a friend who maybe we have time for. Maybe we could meet. It's not even a friend we want to see. So the king's given them stability. He's given them a good society. This king wants everyone to come. Now, what's kind of neat, too, is that some people, they're like, okay, I don't know, they're, they're apathetic. I don't, okay, you could have your party, that's fine. I'm not, really into, I'm not really into that sort of thing. Or they could ignore them. I kind of, you know, I got, I got something better to do. You know, I, I really got to see to my farm. I really got to see to my business. It's like, you know, you got to make money. You got to work. And what's also interesting, too, is that no one says, I don't like the king. No one says, I don't like the king. No one says, I mean, there are very few people who say, I don't like Jesus. What we say is, you know, I, I don't like those Christians. You know, I don't like when people get pushy. You know, I don't, I don't, like, I don't like church people. We find other reasons, and, and some of them, they, they might be very real complaints. But we don't say, I don't like Jesus, because that would be way too direct. That would be way too confrontational. We get upset with the people who do service for Jesus. So here's what happens. The third time the king sends servants, people treat them shamefully and kill them. They're saying, you're, you're annoying. You're ruining my life. You're telling me what to do. All to a party invitation. I'll do an invitation. And this is, this is how we can respond. So you're invited. You are at the service today. You are here with God's people. But sometimes we may even be where God's people are. 
I'd miss what God was doing there. We might be in the location, but not present. Just imagine if you were to go to a funeral and you see someone else attending and they're in their bathing suit. You're thinking, I know you're here, but you're not, you're not here. You're not present. You're not participating. If you go to a wedding and you wear all white, unless that's the thing, you go to a wedding and you wear all white, okay, you're there and you attend it, but you don't really get what's going on, do you? There's something special going on right now. There's something meaningful going on right now. And if we don't recognize and respond accordingly, we can still miss everything. What's amazing is that the people who first got invited, they didn't come. These are people who thought they're the, they're the upstanding citizens. They're like, it's okay, we're already good. The king and I, we're already good. We have our house. Look, the king provided you peace and prosperity, and you use that very peace and prosperity as an excuse to not come to the king's party. Now, here's what I love. The king says, okay, forget them. God destroys their city. Go out into all the streets. Get the street people. Get the people everyone ignores. Bring them. Yes, bring them. Because I want to make sure everyone knows that they're invited. If someone doesn't want to come, they're not worthy of being invited. Let's see who wants to come. Let's see who wants to experience this. And I love especially the people who come, who are grateful to come, who think, who, me? I'm invited. Me? I get to go. Um, there's, uh, I'll bring up this example too. There, who's familiar with the show Saturday Night Live? Anyone? A few of us, right? And the rest of you, okay, okay. You want to show? Keep your hands on, that's fine. People line up for standby tickets. They get handed out Saturday morning at 7 a.m. People stand out there all night to get those tickets. Sometimes they stand out there days. I don't know how. A lot of them are college students. I don't know how they have time to do it, but they do it. Sometimes they're out there in tents with their blankets and everything. And they get these tickets for free, but man, they gotta spend time. Man, they gotta, <laughs> they gotta show how appreciative they are. And when they get these free tickets, they can come back later in the day, and only a certain number of them are invited into the audience. A lot of other audience members, maybe they're employees, maybe they're the celebrities and their friends who get to come in, and they'll applaud, and they'll laugh, but let me tell you, the people who waited out there days, <laughs> the people who are visiting from somewhere else in the country to be there for that show and waited and got those standby tickets that weren't guaranteed and they came, let me tell you, they cheer the loudest, they laugh the loudest, they clap the loudest. Because they're not the people who are close to the action. They weren't the people who were entitled to get it. They're the people who, how amazing I get to be here. I get to be here at this show. 
we get to be here at something amazing going on. And when the king walks around at the party, the king notices someone not wearing wedding clothes. Now let me tell you about this because I think this is the only time I preached a sermon where on a passage that I, that I preached before. I preached a sermon in college and I think I missed something big before. What I thought when I was in college and I preached a sermon, I thought, of course, people are clothed for the wedding party because they're wearing, you know, their clothes. They represent, you know, the righteousness of Jesus. So they can't come. They can't come into God's presence without the righteousness of Jesus. Let me tell you this. When you're inviting people from the streets to your party, a lot of people don't have wedding clothes. The king provides those clothes. The king provides them. Because we don't have to show up with our best. We just have to show up as we are. We show up as we are. Are we, are we willing to show up exposed? Are we willing to show up as ourselves? Because the king will clothe us. The king will give us the best garments. And that's why when the king walks around and he sees someone not wearing wedding clothes, it's not just someone who forgot. It's not someone who couldn't afford it. It's, who, it's someone who was given the opportunity to wear king's wedding clothes that he provided and refused. Deliberately chose to go to the party, but not participate as a party goer. They went for their own means. They crept in and they wanted attention for themselves. How ludicrous is that? Going to a party to celebrate and go in there for your own means, whatever it is. So when the king sees them, he doesn't say, oh, I think you forgot. The king, as gracious as he is, says, um, uh, friend, how did you get in here without a wedding gift? Excuse me. Friend, how did you get in here without a wedding garment? The man was speechless. He was found out. So the king was angry, and rightly so. How can you come to the most important day of my life and come here for yourself and not come to celebrate? Come here to draw attention to you. And the king was right to be angry. And this, and we need to be really careful with this because when we're hearing about who Jesus is, when we're hearing about the invitation God gives to us, we can hear about a sort of Jesus who is angry with us, a sort of God who doesn't want us, or a sort of, a sort of religion that makes us want to do stuff and, and, and really makes us miserable. But we have to remember that first, it's an invitation to us. So when the king is angry, he orders his servants to bind this man hand and foot and throw him into the outer darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's how severe it is. But here's what happens. When you bind someone hand and feet, it's so they can no longer harm the community that came to the party for the right reasons. When you bind someone hand and feet, when the king binds someone hand and feet, he's only showing what the person was already doing. They were bound to themselves and their own motives. 
Just like the people in town who refused the invitation, they were already bound. The king all only showed the binding that was already happening. And I think there's a big question that comes up. So what happened to this person? Is that, is that like a final thing? Does, does this person have a chance to uh, come back and be restored? And I think a better question is, what kind of person does he want to be? Because when you're in a place where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth, weeping means you're sad. It doesn't mean you regret what happened, but it means you're sad. And gnashing of teeth, in the Bible where, else, where this is used, it means you're angry. So when this guy was thrown out of the party, he wasn't like, wow, wow, I shouldn't have done that. Wow. Whew. Man, I got to change. He didn't say that. He was furious. Out of all things, he was furious. He completely ignored the king's order, and he was furious. But let me tell you, if we're here to celebrate what Jesus can do, I just want to spend some time on that. If we're here to celebrate what Jesus can do, Jesus is the one who binds up the brokenhearted. Jesus is the one who brings life out of death. Jesus is the one who makes us whole. Jesus is the one who restores us. Jesus is the one who breaks the bonds of guilt and shame so we can be free. Jesus gives light to those of us who are in darkness. Jesus looks over the overlooked. Jesus gives peace that passes all understanding. In Jesus' presence is the fullness of joy. Jesus loves us enough to show us our sin and the way out of it. Jesus is there for us when no one else is. Wow, that's something to celebrate. That's something to celebrate. How could you not celebrate that? So I'll conclude, the people who reject the king's invitation to the party, they don't regret it. Instead, they're furious at him. So we look over the different reasons people rejected the invitation. First was apathy. Ah, the party doesn't matter. Okay, you can do your thing, I'll do my thing. Another thing is ignorance. I have something better to do. And this last reason is fury. I've got to do it my way. Don't tell me what to do it your way. I want to take a moment right now. I know we come from all different places. I just want to take a moment now to let God examine our hearts. See if any of these are the attitudes we may have toward Jesus. Are we apathetic, saying, ah, this really doesn't matter. Or are we ignorant? We often say, I got something better to do. There's just something more important to do at this moment. I know Jesus wants to spend time for you, but there's something I gotta do. I just gotta do it. Or can we be furious saying, I have to do it my way. Don't tell me how to do it. So Holy Spirit, reveal our hearts in Jesus' name. Reveal our hearts. Now, God, you are good. You not only invite us to the wedding party, but you have an amazing surprise for us when we arrive. It is your people. They're not just the guests. They're the bride who get to be married to Jesus forever. All of our relationships on earth are just a shadow of this eternal reality. 
So we ask you to cleanse us from everything impure in body and spirit, that we may walk in good standing with you as the guests of honor at the great wedding feast of God. In Jesus' name, amen.